Shall we bow our heads just a moment for prayer? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We thank thee tonight, Father, for the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us. We unworthy ones, but yet he was willing to die for the unworthy. And we humbly accept it tonight, Lord, with all of our hearts, as he being our Savior, Redeemer, Healer. And we pray, Father, tonight that his great being will be present with us and will baptize us in his blessings. And may when we go from here tonight, may we go like those from Emmaus, sending out our hearts burn within us, because we've seen him and we knew him. For we ask it in his name. Amen. You be seated. So happy for the opportunity to be in this lovely auditorium tonight here in Chicago, in this Lane High School auditorium. And we are certainly grateful to the people who are here to be present at the meeting and for all the ministers, the laity, all of God's children, the strangers in our gates. We're very thankful to this school for their fine cooperation with us to let us have this through this next coming week. The churches are lovely, but they're just a little small for this type of meeting, and we're grateful for, to this school. May God grant it the best. And for the engineer here, the electrician, some of I have met today are the ones who work here in the uh, with the auditorium. And we are very grateful to them, and may God bless them. Now, we trust that this week will be one of our greatest weeks in the, in the history of Chicago because of his presence. And I am so grateful for these things, for the opportunity. Some of you here, perhaps, how many here was never in one of our campaigns before? Let's see your hands. Never was in one of our campaigns before. Well, there's quite a number that has never been in them before. Well, we certainly welcome you with the hardest of welcomes. And I want to say to many of you probably here for the first night, beginning in the campaign, we've been a few nights over the Philadelphian church with our good friend, Brother Joseph Bose, and we appreciate that fine courtesy we find from he and from his over there, his group. And now, many of you here, last time before going over to India, you helped sponsor that meeting to India. We had a great success. The Lord blessed, and many thousands of people came to know the Lord Jesus Christ who were unbelievers before. Just a few nights meeting we stayed because of not uh, sufficient room to put the people. It was approximately 500,000 people at the meeting. And we had no place to put them. And they had to lay in the streets and everywhere they could. And it was just such a pathetic sight and it's raining and everything that we told them we would come at another season to them. And we, God willing, I hope to be back again this coming summer with the Indian people. And I certainly appreciate all that you've done. And someday in the great beyond you, some of those 
unbelieving heathens that worship idols, and cattle, and flies, and fleas, and insects, and the sun, and all kinds of objects, now are sweet, lovely, humble Christians because you helped send the gospel over there. And at the day of the reward, see, you as the one who gets the reward. I only done what he told me to do. You're the one who sponsored the way. So the Lord bless you. Now, this afternoon I had about 30, 40 minutes of speaking on a gospel message. Last night I spoke on the gospel message. And tonight we want to have healing services, God being willing. So therefore, I will not be able to go into the uh, other message for tonight because it takes so much time in the healing line. It doesn't say now that I do the healing. It's your faith in God that does the healing. See, it isn't. I, I have nothing to do with it. Just try to bring your faith up to a place where you can be healed. And I'm sure that every person that believes on the Lord be more than glad to help everything they can to see someone get well. I have a wonderful story from India. I told it at the little church the other night of a blind man, been blind 20 years. He's even testified before the president. He's just as perfectly normal as any man of his age, 30 or 40 years old, that's in the building tonight. After being totally blind for 20 years. And in that miracle that our Lord Jesus performed with what calls the thousands at one time to come to the Lord Jesus. When it was brought to a showdown, if God is God, as the vision had been seen, of course, that he was going to be healed, then we could bring it to a showdown. But I would be daring to do that just challenge it without knowing what I was doing. But the Lord told you, when you come to church tomorrow night, bring your umbrella because it's going to be raining when you go home. It wouldn't be hard to believe that. You'd bring your umbrella, wouldn't it? If he told you so, if he met you and said to bring it, you'd sure bring it because you know it was going to rain. Well, that's just the way it is. When he tells us anything, it's got to happen. Now, in the Gospel of St. Mark tonight, the Lord willing just to speak just for a few moments, I'll lay my watch out here and try to be ready in the next 10 or 15 minutes for the, the prayer line. And that will let us out in time. We don't want to keep you late because tomorrow you work. We want to cooperate every way we can and try to bring the gospel to you. And may you receive it tonight and, uh, in the way that is trying to be given to you with a heart full of love for every one of you knowing that each one of us are an eternity-bound person. I don't know what time I'm going to have to stand in his presence to give an account for my life. No one here knows. But one thing's sure, we're going to have to stand there. So we just make every hour count. That's why I'm here tonight. I believe that your lovely big city here, of every city that I've ministered to in the United States, Canada and to Mexico, I don't know of a city on the North America continent that I think is any more ready for a revival in Chicago. John, I trust that God will give it to you. I do. I hope it starts now. goes on too. I hear that Mr. Grimm, our brother, Billy Grimm, is coming next year, and I pray that there will be so many converted between now and then that he'll be able to take it to all Chicago and all Chicago. Uh, be a little Jerusalem around here. I'd just like to see it. Or it would just be wonderful. 
So we'll keep praying, trusting, looking up, believing that God will do it. Now, I just want to speak a few words here and read a little from the Bible, then we'll call the prayer line. Now, in the St. Mark, the fifth chapter, we read these words, the first couple of verses, just for a little background. And they came over unto the other side of the sea, unto the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man possessed with an unclean spirit. And may the Lord add his blessings to this reading, just to get the company of believers here settled down so the Holy Spirit can go to work immediately and start a work on the people to heal them. That's the reason I speak just a few moments. I've been in prayer for the last two or three hours since the lecture, and we're ready now for the service. The angel of the Lord is near. In this time, Jesus had done great things in his early days. In his early ministry, he was misunderstood as most everyone. Did you ever come to think of it? That most man who ever do anything great for the kingdom of God stand alone? Did you ever think of it? You have to stand by yourself. Jesus stood alone and all down through the ages, other men who stood alone, Penny, Sankey, Calvin, Knox, even Abraham Lincoln. That's right, stood alone. Men who do great things, men of vision. Man of spiritual understanding, stand alone. And I think that's because of Jesus had to stand alone himself. Now, the one principle of us being here, uh, trying to help you, and the only way that I know, Christian friends, to help you is to get your faith, the best that I can, by the Word of God, centered on the will of God for you. If you can only see that it's God's will to do these things for you. It's God's will to save you all. It's God's will to heal you all. And he'll certainly lead you into deeper depths and higher heights if you'll just trust him. Don't be satisfied with your fire built here from last night. Let's build it a little farther up the road tonight. Never build it in the same place. You can't stand still. You're either backsliding or going forward. We've had years now. There hasn't been too much done. But I truly believe that we're entering into the greatest time this world has ever seen. I certainly believe that there is coming a time, and it's at hand now, of God going to make himself manifested the greatest he's ever done in all ages. This is the ending up of the time. Time will be no more one of these days. We come out of, of eternity stepped into a little time space here and stepped out of time back into eternity. We was before there was a world. Then we came into the world and we go out of the world back into the unknown to us now. Now, in here, we've had a, our Savior come here to the earth, God himself, made himself manifested to us and give us the hope of everlasting life, eternal life. And also in there, he promises joy and happiness and contentment, which is the earnest of our salvation that we have now as a golden inheritance in, a, in our hearts, something that pounds great 
for we know that God has given us this great attribute. Also in there he gave us the hope of a resurrection of our bodies. And for the earnest money of that, he gave us divine healing. And if all the world tonight would go down on divine healing and say there is no such a thing, I could not say but what there is. For first the Bible said so, and Christian friends, I've done come too far, seen too much, seen, uh, to never turn from that. For I know what it is. As long as God keeps me mentally right and helps me, gives me his love in my heart, as I have it now, I'll always know he's a healer. For nothing could save me from my sickness, the condition that I was in. Not even Mayo's Clinic could turn me down. But tonight, by God's grace, I'm in perfect health. And so I've seen thousands of those, and now I don't give myself credit. I have no credit. I'm only grateful to God that he lets me take the message to others. For any man that would have anything good and keep it himself and wouldn't divide it with someone else is selfish. And that's not the Christian attitude. We must be willing to help others and see that others get the same blessing that we're getting. If I was to be a millionaire tonight, I'd want everybody in the world to be a millionaire. See? Because we are brothers. We might disagree upon different things, but we're still brothers and sisters. We love each other. And the love of God is in our hearts. And even being enemies, as if we'd had any, which we probably had, but still we love them anyhow because they, no matter what a state they're in, they're God's children. Fallen, but they're God's children yet. And now, tonight my purpose is to try to base your faith on the Word of God, that you might know that Jesus Christ is not dead, but he's living right here in Chicago in this room tonight. If we only seen what he did, and let's look at it just as sensibly, and to some of you people who do understand, bear with the newcomers, we could just ask this question. The theme of my campaign has always been Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, He's bound to do the same things that he did yesterday. That's right. For that's how we know who he was. But the things he done. Even the Jews, the great Nicodemus, the teacher, came to him by night and said, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these things that you do as God would be with him. They knew that. Well, now, if he has raised from the dead and promised that the very same things that he did, we would do also. Now, that's got to be either right or wrong. Isn't that right, church? It's right or wrong. Well, if it is right, let's embrace it and love him with all of our hearts. If it isn't right, let's get away from it, because it's not right. When there's reading the Koran Bible to me, not long ago in India, and someone had been there a little before me, and they wanted to believe that part of it was inspired and Mark 16 was inspired, and some more of it was inspired. He said, what kind of a Bible have you got? said, we believe all the Koran's in- inspired. said, if part of this is inspired and the rest of it's not inspired, how can you have faith? That's right. Now, it's either all inspired or none of it's inspired. I believe every word of it is inspired, written by God. If we can only rightly put it in its place where it belongs. And if we put it in this place, 
God will perform and operate and prove his word. Now, you couldn't put a grain of corn in a box of sawdust or ashes, and it would grow. It won't do it. It's got to be in the right kind of soil to make it grow. Is that right? Yeah. Well, that's, it's corn. It'll grow if it's in the right place. And wheat, you couldn't put it out in a dry place like you would raise onions or turnips or something in sandy ground. You couldn't put a wheat out there or it wouldn't grow. It's got to be bedded down in water. See, it's got to be in the right kind of soil. And so does God's Word have to be put in the right kind of soil or faith or it will produce nothing. You see what I mean? Yet you receive it as the Word, but if it isn't in the right kind of a soil, it won't materialize. It just can't. Because there's nothing there to make it grow. But if it's ever received with faith, something's going to happen. Now, Jesus, when he was here on earth, the works and signs and wonders that he did then, now, he'll do it again tonight. He'll do it every time that his word is put to a showdown, he'll do it. Or he has to in order to be the resurrected Jesus. Now, if he doesn't do it, then he never raised from the dead. That's right. He's still dead. But we don't worship a dead God. We worship a living God who's raised from the dead and lives here among us tonight and doing the same things tonight that he did back there. Now, for the newcomers, we might ask this, what did he do back there? What kind of a man was he? What kind of works did he do? Well, he didn't entertain too big a crowd. He'd have up sometimes 5,000 in a crowd. The Sanhedrin could have called 2 million in a crowd. So he didn't uh, uh, say he just draws the biggest crowds in the country. That doesn't mean that he was right. He didn't dress any different from anybody else. He wasn't no great big man, high statue like Saul. The Bible said there was no beauty we should desire. And when we see him, we hid our face from him, see? He was just nothing much to look at. But what he was, what makes us love him, he was the Son of God. That's what makes us love him. Someone might say, well, was he a yellow man, black man, white man, brown man? I don't care what he was. What he was that? He's my Savior. I love him. Don't make any difference whether he was little, big, or, or what he was. I love him. For when we are born into him, we become a part of him. We love him. And he is ours, and we are his. But when he was here on earth, he didn't claim that he was a great healer. Frankly, he claimed just vice versa. He said he wasn't no healer. He said, I can do nothing in myself. Just what I see the Father doing, that's what I do. St. John 5, 19. He was questioned. He'd heal one man, lay on a pallet with some kind of a disease or something. The man could walk. He said, when I'm coming down to the pool, somebody steps in ahead of me. But look what he passed by. Maybe three or four times as many people as in here tonight, and every one of them was lame, halt, twisted, withered, and blind. Just look what a condition. And he passed right through every one of them, went and healed this one, and walked away and left the rest of them there. To the natural mind, it would be questioned. As I have said, there's three elements that people dwell in. This first one is humanistic. We, down here, we say, well, I pray for that person. I, I'm, I'm hoping I'll, they'll get well. Now, next is divine revelation. That's when something down in your heart anchors it and says it's going to happen. 
then something is going to happen. Then the third element is vision or the word of the Lord made manifest. When you see that, it's thus saith the Lord. Now, Jesus, when he was passing by the gates of Jericho, a blind man ran out to him, began to cry and have mercy on me, blind Bartimaeus. And Jesus had his face set to Calvary to go to be crucified. And he perhaps never even heard the man. So he cried much louder, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Somehow, the man's face touched Jesus. And he turned around and told him his face had made him well. A woman one time touched his garment. For in her heart, she said, If I can touch his garment, he's a holy man. I believe him to be what he says he is. If I can just only touch him, I'll be made well of my plague. And she touched him, turned right around, walked out into the audience. Jesus stopped, looked around over the audience, found where she's at. He said, Thy faith has made thee whole. Your plague's gone now. That was Jesus. He only did as the Father showed him. He called a woman from the well of Samaria one time to give him a drink, and she wouldn't do it because she thought it was, it was not according to etiquette in that day for they to have any dealings with one another, the Jew and the Samaritan. He said, but if you knew who you were talking to, you'd ask me for a drink. And I'd burn you water or give you water that you didn't draw from this well. And they went ahead on the course about the well and so forth and how she said her father Jacob drank from it and so forth. So after a while, when he got talking to her a little while, he said, go get your husband. That was right straight what the trouble of that woman was. I believe she'd have had a cancer. Jesus had told her she had cancer. I believe she had TB. Jesus had told her she had TB. Don't you? Oh, yeah. But what was her trouble? She had five husbands. So he said, go get thy husband. She said, I have none. He said, that's right, you got five. She said, I perceive that you are a prophet, sir. Now, she said, I know when the Messiah comes, that was Jesus, not knowing that was him, said, I know when Messiah comes, he'll tell us those things. See, that's the sign of the Messiah. Said, I know when the Messiah comes that he'll do this. But in other words, you must be a prophet, a disciple of the Messiah, for you knew that I were who I was and told me now something that I know that you know nothing about. And you told me that I had five husbands and you don't know nothing about me. So you must be a prophet. She said, now when Messiah cometh, he'll do that. He said, I'm here to speak to you. And she left the water pot and ran into the city and said, come see a man. That was it. She couldn't hold herself any longer. Messiah was there. An ordinary man sitting out there waiting for him to go get some meat and bring it out there for him to eat. Thirsting to drink water out of the well. A man, man was laughed at, made fun of, dressed like ordinary man, talked in such poor language that even mixes up the translators today. What a high talk they had then. They try to bring the Bible expressions up to that. That's the reason one says it's this way and one says it's that way. It was such humble talk so they don't even know what to think about it. God did it that so he could hide it from the eyes of wise and prudent and reveal it to babes such as the learn. That's the reason they can't translate it. It'll only be revealed through spiritual revelation. Then when you once get inside with Christ, he'll reveal himself to you. 
This is what it is. That's what it is. Now when we see him doing those things, now if he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, well, of course, he does the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now when he went away, he said, a little while and the world will see me no more. Yet you shall see me. For, now, how, who is that you? Someone might say that's, um, that was the disciples he was talking to. Well, how could this be then? He said, a little while and the world won't see me anymore. Yet you shall see me. For I will be with you, even in you, to the end of the world. Now, the disciples have been dead 2,000 years. Right on it. So there has to be some yous that will see all the way to the end of the world. Amen. And there's got to be some world that will not see him anymore. Aren't you happy tonight you're ye? Yeah. If ye believe. Now we're so happy for this. Notice, he said the things that I do, in other words, the same type of ministry that he had would be with the believers all the way to the end of the world. That makes Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. We teach him as a living God, not one that's dead, one that's raised from the dead. If he just your own earth and performed miracles, he was just a prophet. But when he died, if that was the end of it, he was just a prophet. But if he raised from the dead, then he's more than a prophet. He's a son of God. So you see, friends, you've got to believe that. Just the same as him here tonight, just like he was on Galilee. And when you see that and see his word made so plain that it's right here before you, that brings faith up. Then it's not a man that heals you. It's not my prayer that heals you. It's not their prayer that heals you. It's your own faith that heals you. Jesus never said to the woman, now, when he found her out there in the audience looking around like that, he couldn't find him. He felt something, whatever it was. He said virtue, which means strength, went from him. And he looked out to see who it was. He said, I've been touched. While the disciples said, well, the multitude's just wrong in you. Who said, why you say touch me? He said, yes, but somebody touched me. And he looked around over the audience. And then those majestic eyes centered right down to him. She seen she could not be hid. So he said, thy faith has saved you. The flag's gone now. And now, if that Jesus was standing here tonight, he could look over this audience, and if any person could touch him with their faith, the same thing would take place. You believe it? Same thing, if he's the same Jesus. Then, if he was here tonight, he wouldn't claim that, bring me... Uh, this man or this woman or so-and-so and let me heal him. No, no. He said, I can do nothing lest the Father shows me what to do. Is that correct? St. John 5, 19. That he did nothing unless the Father showed him. Then when the Father showed him, he just went and acted out what the Father showed him to do. Now, if Jesus raised from the dead, he could stand here tonight, and you might come here and talk to him on the platform. He'd look at you and he'd say, well... You have a certain thing wrong with you, and you're Mr. So-and-so from a certain place. You say, Lord Jesus, will you heal me? You say, don't you believe me? I've already did it. When I died for you at Calvary, do you believe this? You say, yes. You say, well, then go on your way. Your faith saves you. So, see, 
healing or salvation cannot come from any man. Now, there's gifts in the church, such as prophecy and gifts of healing and so forth. That don't mean power to heal. That means knowledge of the word of healing. A preacher don't mean you're saved, but it means a knowledge of the word of salvation. He was gifted with the gift to teach or to preach or to prophesy or any of those gifts is to magnify Jesus Christ and bring him to the people. And then when the people sees it, they believe it, accept it, confess it, then they're saved. That's the same thing a gift of healing does. A man can preach the word so simple that a child could understand it. The people say, well, that's right. Then he's cornering the devil. First thing you know, then the person said, oh, I believe it. Oh, I believe it's for me. And they accept it. That settles it. They go on testifying of it and they get well. That's all. Some you say, I've seen some testifying that get well. I've seen some that profess to be saved and didn't get it saved. See? It's your faith that does it. If you really believe it, it'll do it. So therefore, no man can save you. No man can heal you. For he, he has already been wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. Why? Chastening of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we was healed. Saved, healed, when he died at Calvary. So the only thing that those gifts can do is point you to the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ at Calvary. You see it? Now, a minister with a gift of divine healing. He come in here, it's possible that many gifts can rest in that minister. He comes in here to the building, he takes the word of God, he's a master explainer. He can stand and explain it like Mr. Roberts or, or uh, uh, Tommy Osborne or some of those brethren like that who is masterpieces on the scripture. Wonderful man. They've all been right here in Chicago and preached to you. And you know they are. Master man on the, explaining the word. That's gifts of healing. Now that's the way they try to make you see. That's their gift they have. To prove to you that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. They believe it with all their heart. And they prove it by the word that it's right. Now, I am not a gifted person of that type. My gift is seeing vision. Then when you see something that God has did, something that the Father has made manifest as a spiritual gift of knowledge that God comes down and anoints, makes him preach the word. Then God comes down and anointing of another gift, and he'll know things and foreshow things and tell things that was and what will be. What's that to do? Does that heal you? No. It brings your faith up to Jesus Christ who has already healed you. That's it. Then you believe it and go away saying, Praise the Lord, I'm healed. Now, Jesus crossing in the boat quickly now, just a few minutes, crossing this sea. I can just imagine how that was. He preached all day and that night a big storm come up on the sea and like the sunk a little boat. And weary and tired, but never afraid. I like that. Jesus didn't have to go out and fast all day and pray all day and then say, now I wonder if i got faith enough to do this. <laughs> he was unconscious of the faith that he had. Any man or woman that ever makes real warriors in the kingdom of God is perfectly unconscious to their faith. You keep trying to test your faith. What if i got faith enough to do this? Have I got faith? Don't test your faith. God said so. Do it anyhow. God said so. Have you ever tested your faith whether you had enough faith to come to the meeting or not tonight? 
you test your faith, you see if you had enough faith to eat your supper tonight? Have you tested it? You think you'll have to fast a while and test your faith to see if you got enough faith to drive your car home? Certainly not. It's just automatically you believe it. And that's the way you believe healing. Believe anything God says. Just don't fire it and shake at it and rebuke the devil every minute. Just accept it and go on. That's it. There's, there's nothing to be alarmed about. God said so and that settled it. So we just go ahead knowing it's going to happen. Just forget about it. God said it. That proves it. I believe it. That settles it. Just, that's all you have to do. Jesus laying in the back of the boat and he was asleep and he raised up and still the waters. Now look, he's crossing that stormy sea. And when he gets over to the other side, he come all the way across that stormy sea through that dark, dismal, rainy, stormy night when perhaps 10,000 devils of the sea swore they'd drowned him. And there he was out there in that little old boat bouncing around like that through the night, tired and weary. He come all the way over to Gadaria for one purpose. There was one person who needed help. That was a maniac of Gadaria, a crazy man. He come all the way across the stormy sea that took him all night to help one person. He'd come all the way from glory tonight to manifest himself to heal any person that's in here. That's the loving heart of the Lord Jesus. And when this maniac met him, he ran out there, I suppose, like he was going to kill him. But as soon as he was so completely that boy was so completely surrendered to Satan, to the devil used his tongue. You believe the devil can use your tongue? Certainly he does. Make you say things that you don't want to say. Make you lie, steal. Make you tell things that's not right. Say bad words that God don't want you to say. The devil gets complete control of you. Well, then if he gets all the way control of you, you don't know what you're going to say. You become a madman. And a person, you believe your tongue can be used for Jesus Christ? Certainly can. Then you sing the gospel, preach the gospel, and, and speak good things and talk good things and say good words. Then you can, can come, become so completely surrendered to the Holy Spirit so he can speak a language that you know nothing about. That's right. He can. Now, this maniac was so completely in the hands of Satan, poor fellow, bound, perhaps one time a good man, but he just started trifling a little here and trifling a little there. After a while, the devils had him out of the tomb. And when he was, he was such a powerful man that they could bind him with chains and he'd just break the chains. Did you ever try to hold a madman? Maniac? Well, there are many times of strength. Try to hold one once and watch how he carries on. Why, he's a rough fella. What is that? That's supernatural power. It's the devil on the man. Well, if the devil can take a man yielded perfectly to him and make him two or three times his strength, what can a man that's yielded to the Holy Spirit, what can God do for him? How many more times can he make him strong? A man that can't move is paralyzed. The Holy Spirit get a hold of him and straighten him right up. A man is so weak he can't raise up. A little woman the other night was talking about here from males that was so, so completely gone that she was laying on a stretcher. And the Holy Spirit got a hold of her and healed her out there. She got up and so happy she couldn't even sleep all night. When the male clinic could give her up. 
just a few nights ago. Now, what is that? Yielding. And this man, when he seen Jesus coming, perhaps the devil tore his mind and ran out there to get Jesus because no one could pass by. So when that demon got close to the Lord Jesus Christ, he recognized who it was. Don't say they don't recognize you. They do. You believe devils recognize Christians? Certainly do. Well, the scripture, I believe, someplace says that the devils tremble when the weakest of saints goes to their knees. What a power and a privilege has been given to the church of the living God. When you fall to your knees in prayer, even the devils tremble. To the weakest of them. Think of it. I've seen a poor woman here some time ago so completely yielded to the Holy, uh, to the Holy Spirit that she was so completely yielded to the wrong spirit till her shoulder on her back and her feet was up like that. She crawled on her back like a snake. She didn't even know nothing for two years. And I went out into the basement of the auditorium to pray for the woman. They couldn't even bring her in a public place like this. While they brought her from the insane institution, she kicked the windows out of a car with five men in there. The ambulance wouldn't even dare to touch her. Strong. Two or three times her power. And so her husband warned me to see her. I went down the steps. He said, don't go near Brother Branham. He said, she'll you. I said, is that her laying out there with her feet? That's right. Just bleeding all over her limbs. I said, what's the matter? He said, she kicked the glass out of the car. We brought her down to Chevrolet car and she kicked all the glass out. Five men couldn't hold her. He said, she hasn't been off her back. So we were trying to hold her in there like this until we got her down here. We brought her 200 miles. There'd been an insane woman received her, her right mind a few nights before that. And he said, we brought her. I said, I'll go out and see if I can talk to her. He said, don't you do that. Said she'd kill you. I said, oh, I don't think so. So I walked out, started taking hold of her hand. I said, how do you do, sister? She's laying there with her eyes staring, her hands up like this, and her feet sticking right up. And, and I called a hold of her hand, and she gave me a jerk that she would have pulled me, well, she probably broke my neck. She jerked me like that with such a terrific force until my feet flew from under me. And I, my foot caught back right on her breast like this, and I took my hand from her, or she just threw me across the floor. Strong. Stronger, many times stronger than two or three men put together. She just jerked it like that in a little old housewife. But she was possessed with a demon. And she jerked me like that. And I caught my foot and I pulled my hand loose. And I run up on the steps like that. And here she come across the floor, crawling on her back like a snake, and a blowing like a snake, a chasing me. I don't mean just wallowing in one place, she's moving. The movements of her body was making her come pretty fast. I had to run to get to the steps out of her way. And she stopped out on her floor and she turned around on her back like that. She said, William Branham, you ain't got nothing to do with me. I brought her here. And her husband said, what's that? So that's the first word she's spoken two years. Well, I said, sir, that's not her. That's that demon that's got her bound. Well, I said, she called you by your name. I said, that's right. So said, did you ever see anything like that? I said, yes, sure. Read of it in the scripture. I said, you have faith, brother, in our Lord Jesus Christ, and you believe that the same God that gave that woman her her right mental conditions in that from Pinewood, Mississippi, there been that insane institution for ten years. Didn't even know a boy went over to see her come back. There she is at her home yesterday cooking dinner. 
in right mind? I said, you believe that? I said, yes, sir, and I believe it for my wife. I said, that's the reason he's crying out. I said, you had nothing to do with me. The woman said that to me. Now, the man did not know much about it. He thought it was his wife saying it. His wife don't know nothing about her saying that. It was the devil. I said, that's right. But Jesus Christ has something to do with it. So I just prayed for the woman and asked the evil spirit to leave her. She's out on the floor. I said, take her on back to the institution. Let them dismiss her. So in two days after that, she went home. Well, normal. A week after that, she's sat in the meeting in another city with her little children. Just as normal as she can be. I think her husband's preaching the gospel now. What was it? The same Jesus. Oh, church of the living God. No wonder the medical association, the head of it, said it was a disgrace in our nation to see the things that's going on. He said also, the medical association, I got a piece here out of the paper. The head of the American Medical Association said no doctor has any right to enter into a home to visit the sick people that doesn't believe in the supreme being and give a good write-up of divine healing better than I can make it myself. I said, they're just learning now what we've known for years. That's right. The Medical Association. Many of you take the Christian Herald, read that great write-up as they got from the doctors last month or month before last, and I was in BBC New York. How the doctors are beginning to realize that these diseases are devils. Correctly. The hours are coming when this world will shake under the impact of the church of the living God that's moving forward in great power. Right. I hope to see it in my generation. This maniac, this man was so possessed, a good man. The man was humble. He was a lovely brother. But the devil had him all bound. And the devil said, I know you, Jesus of Nazareth. Why do you come to torment me before my time comes? Jesus said, hold your peace and come out of him. The devil spoke back and said, if you're going to cast me out, let us go over there and have a bunch of hogs. And so he said, go. And they run into those hogs. And those hogs now snowed something, struck them that possessed them. And 2,000 head of hogs run into the waters and drowned. And this man, in his right mind, told sitting at the feet of Jesus. There you are. That's the way you act when you come in contact with Jesus. You're never the same. Legion can never be the same. And no one is never the same after they once meet Jesus. My prayer is tonight, my dear brother and sister, you have a Christian faith. And without you, without, it's outside the kingdom of God, I pray that this will be the night that you'll come in contact with Jesus. And to you that sit tonight, the doctors just give you up, nothing can be done for you, I pray that this night you'll come in contact with Jesus. Go out of here not the same as you come in, but healed. Shall we pray while the organ plays, if you will.
Everyone with your heads bowed now and your eyes closed, we're looking towards Calvary. Eyes of faith, we believe, that he's here. And now, Lord Jesus, the lovely one, who gives the insane their right mind, who gives the sick their healing, their good physical bodies again, who makes those who are wayward, doesn't know yet, when they want to meet you, things change. I'm wondering what happened to Legion's home when he got there. What a different home it was. Father, tonight, if there's anyone in here, maybe not like Legion was, but still outside of Christ, has never come in contact with him. Maybe their home's all tore up. No peace, no happiness in their home. Can't come in, sit down with their wife and little children, or with husband and little children. It's all tore up. Always fussing and unpleasant around home. God, may they meet Jesus tonight. Go home a different person. Many are laying here in the building, fathers, weary and sick. Won't you come, Lord? I'm not able to explain your word in such a way that would bring great faith to the people. But will you, with the manifestation of the angel of God standing near, will you come, Father, tonight, take this poor, unworthy person, and will you just take control of, of me, not for his own self-glory, but that the few words that's been preached might be made, shown right now that it's the truth that you've raised from the dead. And you're here, you've done it before, Father. I pray that you'll do it again tonight. People might believe in while we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, my beloved friend, if Jesus will appear in our midst tonight now, and will manifest himself just the way he did when he was here on earth. Will you believe him with all your heart? He'll do the same things he did. Up in the balcony, will you do the same thing? Will you accept him up there? Say, yes, Lord, I. All the newcomers that's never been in my meeting before, will you raise your hand and say, if I can see him do the same thing he did in Galilee, I, I, I believe it. I, I'll go away from here. Newcomers, now, I've never seen the meeting. Raise your hand and say, God bless you. I believe it's a hundred percent. Everywhere, unanimously everywhere. I believe, Lord. Now, that's what I hope he'll do for you tonight. Now, the boys give out the prayer cards. Where is Billy? Is he? Old. All right. Let's stand a few of them up like this. Let's start number one. Who has O number one? Would you just raise your hand? If we can see where you're at. Number one. Prayer cards. Look at your prayer cards. A little piece of paper, has got a number and a letter on it, and we have to number you so that we can do it rightly, because there's probably a thousand more people in here wanting to be prayed for. We can't bring them all to the platform. Don't have to. Anybody with O number one, come down here to the right-hand side. Number two, who has number two? Number two, go down here, lady. Number 
three. Who has O number three? Would you raise your hand? Number three. Number four. Who has number four? Would you raise your hand? All right. Over here, lady. Number five. Who has five? This man. Number six. Who has six? Anyone has prayer card six? All right. Seven. Would you raise your hand? Prayer card seven. The lady there. Eight. Nine. Have a prayer card nine. Would you raise your hand? Nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Did I call fifteen? Fifteen or twenty, what did I say? We have fifteen now. Let's see how many of you line up there. So it's not no one maybe set some chairs. Right, let's see how much we make over our number fifteen. Sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Snyder does not have a prayer card. And yet, the sick and needy and wants the Lord Jesus to heal it. Would you just raise your hand? I bless you. Now, keep your hand up a minute. Father God, you see this, Lord. They're your poor little children. Some of them are your, your brethren. Some of them are your handsmaids. Some of them are just misses, and some of them are little children. God, heal them, will you? And I pray, Father, that something will take place that will cause every one of them to be healed tonight. May there not be one feeble person leave the building. And Lord, if any of those people out there that you are speaking to, will you just show them to me, Lord? I don't know them. Thou knowest that. But you know them. Will you just speak and show them to me so that I might call them? I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Holy Spirit is here. It's here now. The very, how many have ever seen this picture? Let's see your hands. Anybody here see the picture? We'll have it here tomorrow. Now that same light that you see in the picture, God being my judge, is not, not two foot from where I'm standing right now. That's right. Now it depends on her faith or your faith what it will speak through me. Just like this microphone, it's a mute unless something's making a noise to it. And I'll perfect a mute. Don't know nothing unless he speaks it. Then you be the judge. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, I take every person and every soul in here under my control for his glory. That God might receive glory. Now, don't be critical. As soon as it knows me, I'll find something, see? Just immediately. Don't do that. See, it's dangerous because the disease will come from one to another. So you believe and have faith. Don't doubt. Just have faith and believe. They're taking a recording here, so I'll have to lay this, uh, this speaker up here. The tape here got hot and let it loose. I believe it'll pick it up from right here, Brother Beeler. Can you catch it there? Is your light flashing all right now? Now, the boys will watch. And now, don't no one move around. Remain where you are. And be real reverent and look this way and believe. Now, it's not an arena. We're not here. We're here in the church of the living God. And now, in the name of Jesus Christ, everyone be reverent and believe with all your heart. Now, sister, being a, a stranger to you, never seen you in my life. Of course, I see you're wearing glasses. There's something wrong with your eyes. That's true enough. But God knows you. Now, I'm just talking to you, and as soon as I go to talking, I find out this one thing. You are a Christian believer. You are a Christian because your spirit is welcome. 
I can feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit that you are a born-again believer. That's right. Because your spirit feels welcome to the angel of the Lord, which is here now. And you're sure that there's something going on. It's, uh, you can't explain just what it is. But it's a real sweet, humble feeling. Is that right? If it is, raise your hand to the people. Now, the people that's looking that knows the woman, you know whether she's truthful or not. The woman now knows, because between she and I is a light moving, which is the angel of the Lord. A woman knows that that's true. That's the same thing as Jesus said to Nathaniel, Behold, an Israelite in whom there is no guile. He said, When did you know me, Rabbi? That's the same as it was then, it is now. The woman could be an agnostic, she could be an unbeliever, or anything. How would I know? But the same Holy Spirit tells me that she's a believer and a born-again Christian. See? The same Jesus. Is that right? Now, may he tell her something else. Something that she wanted to know. Now, I, I can't unless he would show me. You know that's true, us being strangers. I don't know what you're here for. God does. But if he will reveal to me what you're here for, what you want to know, or something that you know that I don't know, that he'll reveal it. Will you believe that he, he's risen from the dead and standing here now to meet that what you are asking for? Will the rest of the audience believe it with all their heart if he'll reveal it? This ought to settle it if the Holy Spirit will do it. I just want you to believe, sisters, you're standing there, believe that you're in his presence. That's not your brother making you feel like that, you know. It's him. Now it's it. It's moving right down again across the woman. The lady is got some kind of a trouble, and it's in her neck. She's got trouble in her neck. She keeps rubbing her neck. Then she's got trouble in her back. And then it comes around under, she's got trouble in the liver. That is true. And you're having, like, headaches, real severe headaches. I see a crash or something. It's an automobile accident. You've had an automobile accident, and you've got a sick vertebrae in the back which causing it. Right. Oh, Amen. That's true. Raise your hand. Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Did you hear that voice? That wasn't me. That wasn't me. That was him. You believe him now? Now it turns all raw light real around you, sister. I believe with all my heart you're he. Almighty God, in the name of Jesus, thy son. While you said in your words, these signs shall follow them that believe if they lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. And Lord, standing here with your spirit, telling the very secrets of their hearts and things like you said and you did in your Bible, I'll lay my hands while this anointing is upon me, upon this woman, and may you heal her. Whatever's wrong with her, I know not, thou dost. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, sister. Go rejoicing now and be happy serving the Lord. Do you believe? Have faith in God. He's the same yesterday. Now, stole before it gets too far on me. Look here at the perspiration, see? Just as weak as I can be. That's a vision. Daniel saw one vision, was trouble in his head for many days. Have faith in God. Amen. How do you do, lady? Is this the patient? 
We are strangers to each other, I suppose. We don't know each other. You believe with all your heart? Only your faith in Jesus can help you, sister. The reason I regard you as sister because you are a believer. You're a Christian. If it wasn't, your spirit would be moving back, being dark around you, but it turns light. You are a believer. Your spirit is welcomed by the spirit that's anointing me. And you're suffering with a trouble in your heart. It's a heart trouble. That is true. And that's caused by a rheumatic fever. That's what they say. Is that right? And it's still on you. But Jesus is here to take it away from you. Do you believe? Come here just a moment. Oh God, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thine will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And in heaven, your blood is laying there for an atonement to make an intercession for this woman's confession. Your spirit is here, moving. Now I rebuke this enemy that's taken the life of my sister. May it go away from her and she be made well. In Jesus Christ's name I ask it. Amen. The Lord bless you, my sister. Go happy, rejoicing. Believe on the Lord Jesus, everyone. And be healed. All the ends of the earth. Have faith in God. You believe out there in the audience? Just believe. If thou canst believe, all things are possible. We are strangers to each other, aren't we? I do not know you, but God does know you. Is that right? He knows you. I don't. But if God will reveal to me what you're here for, will you accept your healing as from the Lord Jesus after I preach the Bible to show what he did say he would do? And if he's here now, risen, standing here near you, and I, I, I'm, I'm just like this microphone, see? I, I know nothing of you. But the only way a voice could come through here would have to be a voice back here to make it. And if I don't know you, there's got to be something behind here to make the, the knowledge of it. Is that right? Would you believe it come from the Lord Jesus? You're trying to believe. You're nervous. I'm not reading your mind. No, no. You're just nervous and upset. Perhaps maybe if the Lord will help you. See, sister, it takes your solemnly your faith in God. And you're trying to move in there, and doubt is moving in your way. That's right. Right? You couldn't hide your life now if you had to. See? You're standing in his presence, not mine. Perhaps I tell you you're coughing a whole lot. Isn't that right? Because you got asthma. That is right. Is that right? I see you raising up in the pit, trying to cough like that, holding your throat, which is asthma. Exactly right. That's right, raise your hand up. You're also real nervous, aren't you? Yes, sir. You're real nervous. You got a husband that needs healing too, haven't you? You got something wrong with his eyes. If that's right, raise up your hand. Your name is Miss Slater. Now you believe me to be God's prophet? Uh -huh. 
I go believing, and you'll get well. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, may it come to pass. Amen. Don't think strange of that. Jesus said to Peter, Thou art Peter, the son of Jonas. Be reverent. Don't think your thoughts come right here, remember. Remember the anointing of the Holy Spirit's in the meeting. Have faith. Don't doubt. Just believe. Little lady sitting right there is bothered with a nervous trouble. Sitting there, second one, yes, weeping just a few moments ago. When I was talking to this woman and said nervous, a real strange feeling struck you, didn't it? If that's right, raise your hand. You've been suffering with nervousness, Satan telling you and everything, you go lose your mind and things. Isn't that right? That's right, wave your hand. You were healed right then. Your faith made you alive. Jesus Christ made you Amen. Just have faith in God. Don't doubt. See, you don't need prayer cards. You need faith and believe what I... I challenge your faith in Jesus' name. Look this way and believe it. I've told you the truth of God. Watch what happens. Is that the same Lord Jesus that the woman touched his garment? She never touched my garment, but she touched his garment. He knew what her faith did. One thing, a demon screamed out. Have faith in God. Believe. All right, is this the man here? All right, come, sir. We are strangers to each other, I suppose, sir. God knows both of us. I don't know you, and perhaps you don't know me. Our first time meeting in life, is that correct, sir? If it is, would you just raise your hand so the audience would see? First time meeting in life. But God knows all about you, and he can tell me about you. I, I don't know. You know that to be true. If we're strangers, then, and Jesus is risen from the dead, and what we preach as, as the gospel here and believe it to be the truth, then by the word of God tonight, and by every night, I can prove it by the word that Jesus has risen from the dead. And he's alive tonight. He is not dead. He is a living. Now, if you standing there, I don't know, you never seen it, but he knows you, and you, you've got some motive of coming here. I don't know what it is, you know, but he does. And if he will let me know what you're here for, then you'll accept it, what you believe it, you'll get what you ask for? Will the audience believe the same? Have faith. The man suffering from a chest trouble. Trouble in his chest. That's right. And you're a preacher. You belong to a church called Church of God, or something like that. That's right. And you're from a place called Indy Gold, or something Indy like that. That's right. And your name is Reverend Huff or something on that order. That's right. That's right. And you are here with a daughter, and a yes. daughter suffering with a gland trouble. <laughs> you believe me to be his servant? Then in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, I rebuke the enemy and ask for victory. Amen. Amen. You believe with all your heart? You got trouble with your legs sitting right there at the leg trouble. Do you believe that Jesus heals you with that leg trouble? You do? You was praying, wasn't you? And your faith has touched the garment of Jesus Christ. You're a stranger to me. If thou canst believe with all your heart, it'll go from you. Amen.
By the way, this is Lake Trouble too, sitting right here. A lady right on the end there. Believing. You believe with all your heart God will heal you with that leg trouble? If you believe with all your heart, you can have what you ask for. Do you do it, lady? With an elderly lady sitting there with a handkerchief in her hand, you believe that Jesus Christ makes you whole? God bless you, then you can have it. Okay. Have faith in God. Just believe. The reason I call that leg trouble, that's what trouble this woman right here is. Them devils are screaming one to another for help. This woman's bothered with leg trouble, foot trouble. That's right. Say, I see somebody standing by you. You're in a church. The man was just here. You're a member of his church. The man is on the platform. Is that right? Now go back rejoicing and being happy, praising God and get well in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. May it be so. Have faith in God. You believe this. Believe that he can heal those eyes and make them well. That lady's trouble you've been suffering with so long and nervousness. That's right, isn't it? How would I know except God would reveal it? Oh, Heavenly Father, in the name of Lord Jesus Christ, I bless this, my sister, for her healing. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, my sister. Go believing now with all your heart and be well. Would you come, lady? You believe with all your heart? Just a moment. If God will reveal where your trouble is, you believe it? Then you're back. That's right, isn't that right? He makes you well now. Go on your road rejoicing. Your faith heals you, sister. Amen. God be with you and bless you. May your His Spirit rest upon you mightily for His glory. How do you do, sister? You believe? There's many suffering with your troubles tonight. But Jesus can heal heart trouble as same as he can heal anything. You believe it? <laughs> Let me show you something. Everyone with heart trouble has trouble with your heart, raise your hand just a minute out in there. Raise your hand. Look here, see? You can hardly pick it out. You believe you go get well? You want me to lay hands on you. I'm not reading your mind. But that's what you're praying is you go lay hands on me. Ain't that right? If it is, raise your hand. <laughs> Come here. Heavenly Father, the woman's faith and her contact is this. Then in Jesus Christ's name I rebuke this devil. May it leave her in Jesus' name. Amen. Go rejoicing now, believing with all your heart. Have faith. Believe. This woman on the platform, you have a lot of sufferers out there too. Look here just a moment. Look out to the audience. Every one of you out there suffering with nervous trouble, raise up your hand. See? That's what your trouble is. You believe Jesus will make you well? Do you believe the same thing? Almighty God, I bless this woman. In the name of Jesus Christ, may she be made well. To the glory of God. Amen. God bless you, lady. Go believing now with all your heart and be made well. All right. Have faith and believe with all your heart. All right. Bring your next patient. You believe Jesus healed you? I see in the midair, standing right this way, is someone praying. It's for a little boy. It's sitting right down in here. It's got a rupture. 
sitting right down in this way, a little boy with a rupture. Raise up your hand, the person that's got it. It's a little boy, little bitty fellow. He looks around about three or four years old, somewhere right in here. He's got brown hair, a little tiny short-cut hair. I see it in the vision right through here. A little mother with glasses on holding the baby. Somewhere in this audience in here, a mother holding a little baby with a rupture. She's praying for it. Would you raise your hand, mother, everywhere you're at? There she is. Here she's sitting right here. The baby has a rupture. Lay your hands up on the baby just a minute. Jesus has heard your prayer. Almighty God, in the name of Jesus Christ, I rebuke that devil that's done this harm to this baby. Thou spirit of the devil, leave the child and may he be healed for the glory of God. Amen. Have faith in God. You believe you were healed standing right there then when it was praying? Go rejoice in sin. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And be made well for God's glory. Come, believing with all your heart. God can heal everything. Do you believe that? Cancer is nothing in the presence of God. God can make all things well. You believe that, don't you? You believe He can heal you right now? Make, you are a believer, sister, a real believer. People have made that remark to you before. And He's able and can do it. I'm getting real weak now. Lots of healing is taking place. I know that to be the truth. Things are taking place out in the audience right now. Do you believe? He knows every one of you. He's ready to heal every person here right now, solemnly, if you'll believe it. Will you believe it? Will you obey me as his prophet? Will you do it? Believe it? He's sure not me, but him. Put your hands over on one another just for a minute. Lay your hands over on each other. Our Heavenly Father, I come humbly to Thee, O eternal and blessed Redeemer. The devil has been exposed tonight. Jesus has proved that He lives. He's risen from the dead. He's here. People are suffering and they're in need. O blessed Jesus of Nazareth, I come to help these people through Thy Word, preaching of Thy Word. Now, Satan, you can't hold these people any longer. They believe. Jesus is here proving that he raised from the dead, and their faith that they have in him has been confirmed tonight. We are believers. Jesus, our Lord, is here with us, raised from the dead. And I rebuke thee, Satan. In Jesus Christ's name, come out of every person in here, that they might be made whole. For the glory.